Welcome back to the Ultimate Playlist Podcast, full of choice tracks. I'm Damon. I'm Brandon. Dietrich. I'm Taj. Woohoo! Okay. Where the woohoo come from? What the hell? Ta- Taj is extra it's, excited it's, for a reason. It's year two. It's year That's two. That's right. <laughs> oh my God. What is, it's a new two. year. Yeah, it's our, what, our 53rd episode, right? That's right. That's year two. Year two. We did not miss a single week. <laughs> oh. So, uh, round of applause, everyone. Yeah, I'm impressed. Right. Definitely impressed, guys. <laughs> or snaps. Should yeah, I it's snaps? hard for you guys to impress me. So. <laughs> we, we've listened to a lot of great music, and a lot of bad music, and a lot of music in between. <laughs> right. Well, and this, this uh, for that reason, we decided to change it up a little bit. Uh, this is side A of the record. And if you haven't listened to the podcast yet, we have a side A and a side B. But this is um, a little bit different. It's going to be one side for for this episode. Uh, not only do we like music, but we like movies. So why not do both? Uh, we're doing our choice tracks from documentaries uh, that are music based. So uh, yeah, get, we're we're picking. The, we picked our favorite music documentary slash concert performance and then we're picking right. our our favorite track from that said documentary and we all pick our favorite tracks from everybody's uh selection of film yeah i'm interested to see to hear what you guys picked from mine for sure um and so- and what we think of uh the documentaries <laughs> right yeah and they're they're out there <laughs> There are so many different documentaries, but music documentaries I find very interesting. They're, I think they're a little bit more, like, I guess, not specific to one thing, but obviously they are because it's about music and it's about that band. Some of them are about multiple bands, uh, just music in general. But uh, I think we had a pretty pretty wide range with our selections, for sure. And uh, so one of my, one of my favorites... I haven't seen this band live yet, and I could have twice. One time I was sick, which was awful. Um, and this was a little bit after uh, the start of this band. This is the band White Stripes. And uh, in the White Stripes, so they they went on tour in 2009, 2007, the summer of 2007. They decided to go to Canada. And they um, it, so this is Jack. Uh, White and Meg. What's Meg's last name? I'm not sure. White. Uh, okay. it's White. his sister. Is it? Is it really? No, his, not, his not, his sister. Sister. not his sister. Not his sister. She thought it was his sister. They were married from '96 to 2000, and then they decided. That's right. They were married. Yes, they were actually married. Their court documents and all. They were married. That's. He's actually her second husband. Not a Game of Thrones situation here. Pretty much, but no. I thought the documentary said that. Okay. No, I think they, a lot of people they, thought that they were they were brother and sister because they kind of look the same. They're both really emo. Well, they they played it up. Yeah, yeah they kind of were fucking with people a little bit. That was the running joke. Yeah, yeah. gotcha. The thing I like about the these these two is that they didn't really know how to play any instruments when they first started. They kind of taught their self taught in a lot of ways, um, and then they just started doing like weird you know, progression with guitar and drums and Meg's on the drums, Jack's on guitar, lead vocals. She jumps in one or two songs. Um, 
the whole the whole documentary is 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 great. They're they're traveling through Canada. They're talking to Indians. They're uh, getting to meet a lot of people along the way in the towns where they're going to these different um, locations. And it, it it's just it's just different where they are. It's it's like definitely out in the the wild. Um, it looks really cool. So visually, it's awesome. I think just seeing them talk and converse with everybody and uh, and then play like a badass fucking concert in all these different areas. So good. Uh, you can you can also find this on, on uh, CD, I, I believe, or you can find the album, the live album. And uh, that's great as well. Uh, so my, my uh, pick, I had all of these. I had more than one pick, but I just really like, I like the song, We Are Going to Be Friends. I can tell that we are going to be friends. I can tell that we are going to be friends. And so, um, <laughs> that was definitely, that was, that was a contender with uh, Let's Shake Hands. Let's Shake Hands was uh, pretty cool, too. The whole album's awesome, but um, the intro's great, too. This fucking blows you away. But, yeah, the vibe of this is so awesome. Um, Again, I gotta see these guys live, but I had to uh, settle for under the, the great white, um, or the great white northern lights. So you missed them the year they were at ACL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't there for that, and then they were at South by Southwest. And Which year were they at ACL? Because I thought they canceled. Did they cancel that year? I know they were going. Well, I know I didn't there. see them at ACL, so I'm assuming that's the year I missed. Yeah. Um, no, I think. They they canceled ACL due to medical reasons, but really uh, acute okay. from Meg. It, it was like the, the beginning of the breakdown of the situation. So, oh, gotcha. wow, okay. Well, there uh, Jack White was playing solo at uh, South by Southwest in 2018, <laughs> I think, and I missed that. I was there, but I couldn't get into that show. And then there was another show we had tickets to, and I was sick, and my life friend. Uh, but I didn't get to go to that. I had tickets to it. Um, right there. I was right fucking there. And he's he's come out with a new album now, recently, this year. Kind of badass. But, and their stuff yeah. goes up and down, but like this early White Stripes plus this album specifically is like so raw. Um, it's just it's great. So what you, what'd you guys think of like the cinematography and all that? Not just the music, but I, I was really digging that. They did some like black and white shots, and uh. so um, I guess I'll jump in first. Um, so you know, the premise behind everything that was going on was like it was very surreal, um, especially watching them like interacting. You could definitely see their polar opposites when it comes to attitudes. Um, but you know, there, there is is a lot of. Um, a lot of turmoil, like internal turmoil, but they caught some of it on camera. But for the most part, you know, they, they just kind of let them be their pragmatic selves. Um, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. When, didn't he find out he had like Scottish roots, like from his dad's side or family side? And that was the reason why he started going on like the main tours outside or overseas. So he can kind of so. catch up with his family and, and, yeah, and see where it came from and the origin, things of that nature. 
Yeah, well, because that one, that one, that last town he was in, his cousins played, like opened the the concert for him, and there was like two cousins. That's right. So a family reunion kind of took place. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know for a fact that that's actually true? I don't know. (laughs) So, so okay. So (laughs) this documentary has me messed up because, um, (laughs) because I don't know. There was stuff on there that I'm not that I didn't know weren't wasn't true. The the other thing is like it was interesting because he was talking in the documentary about how the reviews and some people say that like. They're a super fake band, and then some people are like, he's real, and then somebody said at the same time that the White Stripes are the most fake and the most real band at the same time. And you're like, okay, like I didn't realize this was a whole controversy thing about the White Stripes. <laughs> so I was like, I just kind of took them at face value, but I guess I'm a sucker <laughs> for stuff like that. <laughs> so. uh, okay, so... Uh, this is what I will say about it. Um, I definitely love the music. Uh, that's, that's first and foremost, everything that came out of it. Um, from, uh, the Icky Thump to my, my Icky Thump, my favorite track out of here, obviously. Um, I'm not going to say, uh, what was it? Uh, let's just be friends or we can be friends. We are going to be friends. We are going to be friends. I've, yeah. See, I know about that one because uh, who was it? Conan O'Brien. He's got a podcast. Yeah. No, but that was that was like his last episode before um, getting off of the show, and that's you know how he went out with a bang. Was it's also his theme song to his podcast because it kind right. of rolled into it that. Got them together, and that was actually their last performance together. They're good friends too. Been on the podcast and all that, but yeah, they're. But that was cool. Um, um, it's hard when you got two people doing a whole album. You know what I'm saying? And so really and truly, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, do you really want to just sit up here and start breaking down like what you actually like out of the album or what you like out of the performances? Because like y'all tell me, but I'm, I'm just going to get to it. The last performance was Seven Nation Army. Like that's. To me, that that had the most feel, the most heart to it, the most like. Of course, it had everybody going, and and you everybody knows the riffs. You got sports teams to still use the song till this day. Like it was, it was by far to me like the hardest moment in the whole, the whole shebang of the documentary and the, and the performance, the the live concert. So, I'll just say just off the bat, like that was that was my favorite lick off of there. Um. Other situations that I liked, uh, I, I just don't know what to do with. Um, dang, I'm trying to remember the name of the song now. There's so much crap that I had to like write down and try to get through everything that was going on. Yep. Um, like I'm trying to remember the name of the song because I'm not much of a, a white church fan. Like I know some of the songs, I know looked up some of the, some of the history and the whole nine, but I'm not like the biggest fan. Of, of them as a duo. Um, Jack White, you know, he's definitely the one that led everything. Meg was kind of one of those people that just sat back and just kind of went with the flow. Um, she, you could tell she did not like the limelight. Um, you could tell she did not like the camera in her face, but there were times where she kind of loosened up and saw everything through, but it's, it was kind of hard for me to like actually watch through. 
and I'll just be straight up honest with it because you, you knowing like hindsight 2020, that's the last time that they performed together like that. And it's right. like messed up because like you're not going to get any other this type of music out of it. You're not going to get that same feel. You're not going to get a simplistic drum drummer on a track that's going to just like keep the rhythm going while you got this other masterpiece on the guitar that's actually going back and forth singing, switching up instruments and the whole nine. But it, it was kind of it was kind of one of those surreal moments. Like I'm really watching a band break up. <laughs> Well, he's, I think their anniversary takes place at the end. Like they right, do like a he does like a serenade. Year. Yeah, they do a ten year serenade and hold on, but it's like after the fact it was like done, and that's yeah. what's kind of like kind of like bittersweet for me because it's like you want to see bands go on forever in a day. You want to see you know legacies live on, and their their music is definitely lived on. Like everybody still who is a White Stripes fan is still a White Stripes fan, no matter what goes on like she's still gonna be a hermit he's still gonna be out here performing other music he was already in other bands before they formed this one and so you know he's always gonna be about performer but you kind of want to see them get back together and do something and to this point you know going on what 12 years later not gonna happen so yeah well because you bring up a good point because like it like because that's part of that first half like he's like talking about the naysayers and and like there's even a part near the end there he's like you know we've been together 10 years and they think we we were we're gonna run out of materials but we kept going for 10 years and then you come to find out this is their last album together you're like well damn like this you know this movie was kind of trying to be like a a middle finger to everybody be like we're still here and strong and then you come to find out after the the tape rolls like that's the end you're like well, that's a head scratcher. Oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, it's kind of in their style too, you know. So yeah, we, and plus, what was interesting was he did have a line at the very end there that was like, you know, once you do something once, you can't necessarily recreate it. And then what what I appreciate about the whole documentary was the fact that it wasn't just big concerts. Like his plan was, because this will come up later on when we talk about another documentary. But his plan was to go from the west coast to the east coast. But he had planned big events, but then had like little events where people would, they would like show, well, they gave people an hour notice, but then they said eventually we're just giving people like 10 minute notices to go to a concert somewhere, like in front of a flour mill or in a park or, you know, yeah. a bookstore. Like they, they just did like these little mini events and then, and then would leave. And you're like, it was kind of amazing that they actually right. planned all that out to, to want to do, the big things, but then the small personal things. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, like, uh, like you're saying too, like, and what I was mentioning earlier is they made little stops had like little shows before the big show at the end. Yeah. They did like, they, it's like through the Yukon and Nova Scotia. Like if you could imagine like seeing the great or the Northern lights, seeing all those huge pines and like these mountains and uh, just like, you know, the, the local natives, the, uh, the Indian tribes and stuff that he was talking to. I and mean, that's yeah. definitely a different place. <laughs> He's not running through California like Los Angeles. Right. But, yeah. That, that was a good vibe. Then. All right. So, Brandon, you can jump in here. <laughs> Want to say anything about the Raccoteurs? I know you probably like the Raccoteurs better than White Stripes. <laughs> no, not at all, dude. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. No. <laughs> maybe maybe you like the Rocketeers better. Oh. So wait, Taj, did you say what you needed to say, or you got more to add? Wait, I I haven't picked my pick choice track, but you haven't said anything. You know, I figured I'd let you loose your, your choice vocal cords. Um, <laughs> mine is okay. So the one I picked is so all right because I have more to say. So the one thing that I do appreciate about their style, regardless what they're trying to convey, right? Their style is like it at times it's mind boggling because it's two people like filling up the room with sound. And like part of it is, yes, at the dor- distortion pedal, but it's like it's also kind of masters masterfully of using what you got to make the most out of it. And they like make 150 percent of what they got, like single guitar, drums, keyboards, like, you know, will add distortion that will up, fill up the empty void of, of sound like they just make the most of it. Like, and so the one I picked is slowly turning into you. Cause that one just starts out slow and you, you hear, you have the ambient noise, but they just, by the end of that song, like it, it is all rocking and, <laughs> and out there. So, um, but I think that's what makes them kind of unique is just the mind boggleness of like, how, how are two people <laughs> feeling up the air with <laughs> such a rocking song? You know, but yeah. Yeah, I think he's done, Brandon. All right, go I ahead. Think I'm done. There we go, Brandon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so for the new season, I'm not going to say much anymore. Um, <laughs> I'm either going to say yay, nay, or eh. Um, and that's it. So don't ask for anything else. Um, and I'm just going to say yay. <laughs> and your choice track. You got we to give us that. Oh, man. I didn't think this out. Um <laughs> All right, no, okay. Now so, you gotta say a whole lot of shit now because you forget. Yeah, you gotta add that to the track. Dang it, man! I was uh, really uh, trying not to get too involved this season. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of the White Stripes. Uh, contrary to Taj's beliefs, uh, I do prefer the White Stripes over the Raconteurs. Um Been a White Stripes fan for a very long time. Um, Taj and I actually saw Jack White perform at ACL one year, which was awesome. Um, um, I still prefer White Stripes at the end of the day, even more so than Jack White solo stuff. I just like the White Stripes a lot. And uh, and so when I had heard about this documentary, I actually bought the CD with the DVD combo on the day it came out because I knew that you would get the DVD with the CD. And I wanted to see this documentary. And uh, I watched it, you know, within the, the, those first few days that I bought it. And uh, I'm a big fan of this documentary. And, you know, it's everything that I want, you know, like, you know, all, all the, the good stuff and all the, the blemishes and everything in between, you know, like it doesn't necessarily paint this pretty picture of them, you know, but it's an honest pit portrayal of the White Stripes. And, uh, yeah, I, I just, I, I really like the documentary. I like the, I like the di- different styles of filmmaking involved. Um, there's a couple little moments where I'm like, that's a little art, art school for me. Uh, but, you know, like, I'm like, okay, like, we're just going to shoot them walking at the beach. All right. But other than that, you know, for the most part, I really do like the documentary quite a bit. Um, you know, and, that last scene with him playing the piano and and Meg with tears in her eyes, man, 
I mean, especially because now hindsight, you look back and go right there is like, that's, that's the end. That was, you it. know, yeah. Yeah. Just so powerful. Um, that is one of my favorite scenes in it. And another favorite scene of mine in it is actually when they go visit the indigenous elders at the retirement home. <laughs> I love that scene. Such a great scene. Um, so yeah, I, I'm a big fan of this documentary, big fan of the band. Um, I, I like everything about it. It was great to go revisit it. I really enjoyed it again. Um, sometimes I do wish some of the performances were a little bit longer uh, in the documentary. That would have been nice. But um, yeah, overall, I, I, I think it's stellar. And I think it's one of the better ones that has come out in the last you know 25 years, for sure. Um, and if I had to pick my favorite performance... Um, you know, I'm going to step on Taj's toes here. I'm slowly turning into you is probably my favorite because I really enjoy him playing guitar, playing the keyboard, turning around and then singing next to to Meg on the mic when she's at the drums. I I just think that there's a lot of energy there. Um, and then I also like 300 uh, MPH torrential out outpour blues, I think is the name. It's, I, I'm, it's like a tongue twister. Um, but anyway, miles per hour, 3,300 miles per hour. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's a great, a great documentary. Uh, it was exciting that you picked this, um, and you didn't pick crap. So, uh, that, that was, that was good on you. So good, good way to start the year. I didn't want to take a shit on it. <laughs> <laughs> you dang good, David. You dang good. <laughs> yeah. You started the season strong. Only 51 more to go. Yeah. Next episode, that Musil's kicking in, guys. And, and it takes place in Canada. I expect no less from Damon. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, 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 I grew up. Well, I grew up. Kind of close to that area, dude. This is that was like a running theme through this whole situation. It's like everything was north. <laughs> it was crazy. I'm from a pine. I came out of a pine tree. Eh? Hey. Yeah. So good, good job there, Damon. Hey, thanks. Oh, and I just wanted to mention uh, he does a he does a uh, his version of Jolene. Which is great. Well, Dolly Parton. Yeah. yeah the, the, that version was, yeah. Of Julian was really good. So, yeah. I thought so too. I was like, wow. Fucking guessing. Guess well, why don't we keep the train going? And <laughs> in, the, in the spirit of how we did the last year, we're going to go in order. And Taj is always the next person who got to pick. The choice album. So, Taj, why don't you go ahead and let us know what your documentary is? All right. So, I, I'm probably had the hardest time coming up with a documentary of everyone. So, I did watch several. I started some and then finish them. So, but uh, it, I finally found one that I was happy with uh, for the most part. It, the thing was, I was trying to find something that was both documentary and music equally. And, and it was it was hard because sometimes some were more musical, some were more story. So um, this one, I think, kind of gets pretty close to 50-50. But uh, the one I picked was uh, Festival Express. So it's one of those where um, 
it was footage that was filmed in 1970. It's one of those where I think they said like it took them a while to to uh, like get it made. Like it didn't get made into a movie until 2003. So it was one of those where it's like they had all this footage and then they finally put the documentary together. So what it was is it's a train ride. Uh, where this promoter put together this idea like, hey, let's put all the bands on a train, have them do stops, uh, several stops in Canada, um, and, you know, we'll, you know, deck it out um, for them and stuff. And so the, the thing was they were trying to get the, some really great bands. So the bands that were on the train were The Grateful Dead, Janis Joplin, The Band, Buddy Guy, uh, Flying Burrito Brothers, Ian and Syllabus. Great Speckled Bird, and then uh, Dylan, Bonnie, and Friends. So um, the train itself was 14 cars. So he did a private train, <laughs> and he also had to fight because he said that it had to go from east to west. Because <laughs> the, the promoter is like a character throughout this whole thing. But his whole thing is like, it's like, it's go west, young man. So the train has to go from east <laughs> west <laughs> and they were trying to get him to go the other way um but yeah 14 cars long so two engines one dire car five sleepers that were barely used <laughs> two luggage cars two flat cars uh, one baggage car and one staff car so but the thing was like they converted they put up amps in one of the cars and like one i think it's they made it sound like in the documentary there might have been two cars but i know there was at least one car they had amps and guitars and drum kits set up and they were just constantly be jamming away in that room like nobody slept um so but it was i mean i'm trying not to spoil the whole documentary but the documentary itself just goes through what, what's interesting about it is um it was only let me check here i want to say it was they only played in like actual four cities um but because after the first or second city, like they already knew they were losing money, but the promoters never pulled out, which was the amazing thing. Like, and what's amazing is I didn't put two and two together back then, but you know, seventies is all the hippies like, Hey man, like, you know, free stuff, free love, free this, you know? And so what's interesting is with this is like, there's people that paid to go to the concert. And then there's all these other people that are like, Yo, man, this concert should be free. The <laughs> protesters. So, the protesters. <laughs> yeah. And you're, this is in Canada, and you're like, what the heck? Like, I never, I would never think that that would come of this. And so they, they actually do put on a free concert in one of the towns because the guy's like, hey, I just need them to get out of the way of paying customers. Like, I'll promise them a free concert. So, like, halfway through the first. Yeah, like Jerry Garcia promised them <laughs> yeah. something, right? Yeah. Yeah, he we promised have- them a free concert. <laughs> Yeah, but the thing, the crazy thing was like, I'm not sure who that other band member was. It's like, hey, the cops already got pig, man. The pigs already got paid, man. Just, just let the crowd in, and, and all the oh, other band members. Because, like, what are you because it's, I think that was a fl- yeah. one of the Flying Burrito Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there's a, oh, there's a reason why you guys were never heard of again. <laughs> oh shit, dude! <laughs> Flying Burrito Brothers are awesome. What are you talking about? <laughs> I had never heard of them. So. I haven't. So, yeah. yeah. So, but 
Bits. Flying fucking burritos, man. <laughs> <laughs> Causing riots and shit. He, he, yeah, so he did invoke a riot, I guess. In, in <laughs> a way. Like. I thought that was Bob Bob Weir, but maybe Oh, uh, was it? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. They all, well, for the platform, I thought it was one of the flying burrito brothers. <laughs> Either way. But th- that's oh, they're fucking interesting. awesome. You're right. Yeah. They're awesome. Yeah, I mean that—that that was just a taste of them. You should listen to their stuff in the seventies. <laughs> right. so you're gonna good. have to pick. You're gonna have to pick an album from them this year. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so look, look out for that, everybody. Flying. Those are staying quiet. Like, and it's begun. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> so, but, no. but the Go documentary ahead. continues. So, and uh, so they, you know. If you just watch it, it it there's. I wish there was more footage of them on the actual train. There is bits and pieces, but uh, well, I mean, not most of it was like the actual festival recordings. Like there, I wish there was right. more footage of the more of the jam sessions on the train. Um, but it made sense. But yeah, they said. Well, they they even said that they played. It was more of like a tour for the artists, and mm, right. Woodstock was more a tour. For the fans, yeah. so they they were enjoying themselves on this train. Yeah, but they were like, "What are you crazy? I'm not playing for free, <laughs> right? Exactly. Like sixteen dollars, man. Was it worth busting somebody's head over sixteen dollars? <laughs> right. Yeah, they're like, these cops are actually pretty cool. They're just doing their job. Right. But nineteen seventy, you know, these are like our parents. Wow, I didn't realize how. Assholey, our parents were. <laughs> that generation, you know, they took all our retirement. Now they're taking, just gave us a bad name at concerts. Yeah. Only the Canadians, man. True. The this Canadians. is Canada. I don't know what's going on in Canada back then. They must have cleaned shit up after that. Yeah, and, and, and we want a, and we want free pot, and uh, <laughs> right. give, us, give us everything else free while you're at it. And right, exactly. <laughs> It was like, like all I saw was a bunch of hippies like smoking cigarettes. They all had cigarettes hanging out of their mouth, like everybody. And uh, yeah, they were probably yeah. high off their ass protesting wait, wait. concerts. But oh, those definitely pills. Yeah, and whole nine. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, plus it was interesting about this one. Like it's an early documentary because you have you can tell when you watch this. Like they have no idea how to tape crowds. Like the shots are always like up close of a single person or a pair of people. Like nowadays, whenever you film concerts, like you have like just tons of people, right? <laughs> this one's yeah. like, hey, we we gotta show actual people right on their face, like some like burnout soccer mom with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. She's just like, check this out. Yeah. But um, yeah. Anyways, so I I know I'm rambling here. Um, so my choice song off of this uh which i i went back and i watched it twice and just make sure so i'm actually picking uh new way uh, new speedway uh boogie by the grateful dead i spent a little time on the mountain spent a little time on the hill that song i think it's just amazing but yeah Harmonica. You actually know what? You could be Jerry Garcia if you had a wig. <laughs> that is the, but there are things I learned like about this documentary. Like I never knew what Jerry Garcia looked like. Now I know what he looks like. 
like your brother. <laughs> and, then, and then it was it was interesting because like I've heard Janice cousin, sing before, you know, like I've heard like songs by Janice Joplin, but like to see her live is like that was crazy. Like oh, she was she, whooping everybody's ass on that train. She's like probably yeah. keeping everybody in check. <laughs> right. There's a so. bunch of like yeah, crazy uh, wasted out of their mind. Yeah, but <laughs> I mean, playing music. Yeah. I mean, even seeing her on stage is like, like, yeah, never seen that. Janice before. put on a show. Yeah. Forget, forget everything. Everybody else. Everybody else was cool with what they brought to it, but when it came to Janice, it was it was literally a show. Like she, you could tell that she was a star, and she took the stage, and and like that was rock incarnate. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's why I like. Yeah. Her. Um, I'll jump in and say that uh, I love this documentary. This this was my favorite out of the ones that we watched, mainly because it literally was told um like a fun filled movie. And yes, you had your serious parts to it, like with the riots and 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 you know people getting their heads busted open and and people you know bad asking for free shows from artists to travel from the United States and all over on a train on a stage like how can you ask that for free and then back then it was like $14 now you gotta pay like $1,000 to see <laughs> so many bands at a festival but now back then it was like 14 bucks. it was like what are you complaining about but then again that's 1970 versus you know now and that whole situation right there but you had so many different artists so like I honestly I had never heard of the band that, that was that was me. I'd never heard of the band. And when I heard them actually on stage, it was like, wow, OK, let me let me dive a little bit more into this, which come to say, you know, uh, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, it, it was a funny situation and just listening in on, on how everybody handled themselves on whether they were just stoned out of their mind or whether they were just. You know, having fun and going with the breeze. Like they were introduced to alcohol. Like most of them were high on weed and pills. Like they actually introduced them to alcohol on this trip. And it was like, <laughs> oh damn, that was that was the one. That was the gateway drug that threw everybody off. I think, like, I think the alcohol was laced with something. <laughs> they mentioned that know. too. Yeah, so there's some tabs it. on the bottom of this bottle. I'm gonna stay away from that. Right, stay away from that. I tried the way he said it too. I tried to stay away from it as best as I could, but uh, right. y'all, y'all took off on this. One. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, plus that that whole Rito scene before were flying, it was getting crazy. That, that whole scene before with the producer, because like they he they're like we're out of alcohol. It's like, well, you're yeah. making a stop. <laughs> we're well, not scheduled we're for stop. making a stop. Well, what? Making a stop now. I love, I love his, like his, his, his solidarity on everything that he was saying. Like right. it was like, on point. Like right. walk in the liquor store. Yeah, let me get that bottle right there. Oh, there's no alcohol bottle. It's just, it's just a, you know, prop bottle. It's like, it's not for sale. It's for sale now. And you better give it to me or I'm going to get somebody else to go up there and get it. It was like, damn, so matter of fact. But here's what I will say about the situation was um, you literally had a traveling Woodstock that in itself, no matter how long it lasted, a week or you know, two weeks, whatever the situation was, you literally had a smorgasbord of music and creativity all in one place. That is unheard of um to to have so many different artists so many different genres come through and just have a rock out session continuously like could you imagine somebody doing that today 
like actually renting out a train going across America or going across Canada or wherever else, a transatlantic train and literally like rocking out the whole time. That shit is like, it's phenomenal. Like you would want to be a fly in the wall of that shit just to, just to soak up the, the creativity coming from out of there. Like I, I would literally give a right leg and put a peg leg on it. Just, you know, a little, even a captain's leg little wooden stick on it just so I could sit there and absorb all the creativity and instrumentation that's coming out of that train. Like that shit was phenomenal. And then on top of that, they have their regular songs that they played and, and got on stage, but you could tell that everybody was in the moment when they got on stage. Forget what the the protesters are doing. You got 30,000 people that are coming to, to hear them play. You got a couple of thousand that are unhappy that they had to pay for tickets. Okay, cool, whatever. But at the same token, you got a traveling festival. Like all the festivals I've ever known have been in solid places. You know what I'm saying? Lollapalooza, uh, the Woodstocks, uh, the ACLs, the, you know, all, all this stuff is in one place that everybody has to gather there. You had a traveling festival within itself. That is monumental by all means. And my favorite track, the choice track out of here has to be Janice Joplin. It has to be Crybaby because she just, you know, tore her ass out on that one it was like it was fun so that was just my my thoughts i just want to say uh Diedrich, you are in luck there is a documentary from 2012 called the big easy express and mumford and sons old crow medicine show and uh edward sharpen magnetic zeros rode a train and stopped and performed next to the train tracks in several locations and there's a great documentary about it Ice. Yeah. I just wanted you to know. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I did see them here in, for South by one year. They were actually playing on that tour, which was really, really, really interesting. They looked like they were on tour. <laughs> you can tell they were traveling. There was a vibe going. Well, um, how do you see like Janis Joplin, Grateful Dead? And buddy guy all in the same place. Yeah. yeah. That's fucking crazy. It, and I got I do gotta say my runner up song was Buddy Guy. Like that set he did was like crazy. Cause what's crazy is the scene before, like you see him and his crew underneath the bleachers drinking. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, ass bottles. I know. And the, and then he and then we did, and then he just goes off jamming and he goes goes down walks like they didn't even have it set up for him to go walk near the crowd <laughs> and you're like the whole time doesn't miss a beat like he's just going you're like this is crazy so yeah so I, I I did enjoy the documentary quite a bit um, I I've heard of it but I don't recall ever seeing it but it was it was very very enjoyable. Um, a lot of great performances, uh, a lot of good anecdotes. Um, you know, I, I like the, the stuff on the train. I like to see that day to day stuff. That was fantastic to get to know these personalities, even in this short period of time and only what they give us, but it was still very, very entertaining. Um, and yeah, like the performances are great. There's great bands that were on that train. It was a good story. It was a, a pretty well put together documentary. Um, yeah, and I, I'm I was really surprised I hadn't seen it before. Uh, 
Um, I have watched that Big Easy Express multiple, multiple times. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I could definitely see myself watching this a few more. Um, I definitely enjoy, uh, music documentary concert films. So, um, this was really good. And, uh, yeah, um, you know, there were, there were some scenes that, that definitely stuck out for me. Um, the one in particular that I really love, um, and it's, it's a little, it's a crazy situation on the train, but, that scene with, with Rick Danko, Janis Joplin, Jerry Garcia, and Bob Weir, like they have gotten into that, uh, into that, uh, Canadian, what was it? Canadian whiskey. It was something like that. And they were, de- and it was laced with something. They were mm-hmm. definitely yeah. very high, but it was a very entertaining scene. Um, I was definitely concerned about their, their livers on the next day. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was just, it was, a, it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed it. And, and, uh, yeah, there were so many re- great performances in there. If I had to pick my favorite one, um, the two that really stuck out for me were definitely both performances of Janice. Uh, and the one I actually picked was the one at the end, Tell Mama. Uh, Tell Mama was was my favorite, the one at the very very end. I really enjoyed that. Um, great performance, you know. And and like anybody who like doesn't like Janis Joplin or like I don't get why she she was famous. Like live performances, man, check it out because that will solidify her her place and and rock rock god you know, Pantheon. So, um, yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed this. This, this was great. It was a, it was a good choice. And I was kind of surprised you picked something as good as it is. So, uh, good job, dude. You're done good, Taj. You're done good. Thank you. Yeah, that was, that was, that was definitely a good one. I, I also enjoy the, like the Janis Joplin, uh, performances. And one of the, one of the other ones I liked was, uh, slipping and sliding by the band. Oh. I thought that was pretty good. That was kind of early on in the in the doc. Um, yeah, I thought that was really bizarre how shit rolled out. <laughs> and people were like refusing to pay and then like losing fucking money. And he's like, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to have a good party on this train. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, if anything, these artists will give us a good album on this, you know? Yeah, they, they didn't give a fuck after a while. Um, yeah. We had one seven thousand dollars in cop security just to get the cop beat up. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Well, but, you can you can tell he, that they really didn't care near the end because, like, they roll into that town and the mayor is like demanding all this stuff. He, he tells the mayor no, and then the mayor calls him something, and he's like, "Well, then I introduced him <laughs> my fist to his teeth." You're like, teeth. "Oh shit!" <laughs> You're like, this dude. <laughs> Yeah, and when I heard that, I was like, wow, okay, he's fucking straight up pimping on this train. Right. Fucking, uh, fucking teeth out. Right. Drinking I would love to get like an eyewitness account of that shit. Because right. <laughs> I just can't see him doing it. I'm sorry. I really can't. You can't tell me that you hit the mayor in the mouth and did not get arrested, did not get anything happen to you. Like, your ass will still be locked up today. <laughs> oh, some shit like that. 
Yeah, they're probably exaggerating a little bit. Maybe he thought he, <laughs> he probably took that fucking whiskey, little swig of that whiskey bottle there. Just, just a little something. I'm just, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Yeah, I, like, I I think I, the last performance looks like it was probably the best. Everybody's fucking chilled out by then, and all the stragglers and again freeloaders and shit, cigarette smoking bitches. They're no, they like, oh, yeah, they gone. What they didn't, what I wanted them to go into, they didn't go that route, but it was kind of a good thing. I wanted them to go into like the sex on the train because you can't tell me nobody oh. was fucking on that train. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it was like a fucking possible. It you was like tell. a train on the train. It was train on the train. There's no way you could tell me that that was not going on. They were they were talking about yeah, people got you know exhausted, passed out, go go lay down, catch some sleep, get back up, here's a jam session. No. But, but the one guy kind of alluded to it too, because he was like, you know, there were sleeper cars, but they weren't used for sleeping. Like he, he pretty much like throws it out there, but they, they just yeah. Yeah, it's kind of glass over. Okay, that that's that's the one one solemn thing that everybody's gonna not talk about. You can talk about all our drugs. You can talk about all the alcohol we ran through, but we're not gonna talk about the sex that we probably did on each other and and whatever animals picked up on the track. <laughs> well, even buddy guy has that little story about you know I try to go to bed, I and I get maybe an hour, and I'm like I'm missing something, and then he'd just go back. Back to the show. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh man. Yeah. That's no one. No wonder they all they all lived and played hard. So, yeah. what, what was your your ultimate pick there, Damon? Oh, uh, well, I was I was saying that I really I really liked. I mean, I liked the Janis Joplin last Janis Joplin performance, um, and I liked I liked slipping and sliding. Okay. The uh, the band. That was like earlier on in the uh, in the documentary. Okay, but yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. I like the band. So. Okay, so I guess we'll go and move on to the next person's documentary. That'd be you, right, Brandon? That would be me because I was third in line when we first started this thing. Uh, it's a good thing that you like the band because that was my choice. So the documentary I picked was the is was is the last waltz. Uh, the last waltz came out in 1978. It was the the farewell performance of the Canadian American rock band, the band, and the performance was actually on Thanksgiving Day in 1976. November 25th, 1976, and it was performed at the Winterland Ballroom in San Francisco. Fun fact, there was actually a Thanksgiving dinner provided uh, at that show as well, which I think is kind of awesome. So, yeah. Anyway, um, you'll hear a lot of people say that The Last Waltz is one of the greatest documentary concert films of all time sometimes i take those comments with a grain of salt i think in this case i think this is truly accurate i think the last waltz is one of the greatest music documentary concert films ever made um it helps to have a film director 
with the caliber that he has, uh, the film director was Martin Scorsese. Um, if you don't know who Martin Scorsese is, pause this, go look it up. I'm sure you've seen a lot of films by him. And if you haven't, you should. Um, it's kind of interesting little story that the producer of the film, he actually was the, uh, the tour manager for the band for a few years in the late sixties, early seventies. And he actually produced Scorsese's Mean Streets. And then when they were going to make the last waltz, he actually suggested uh, Martin Scorsese to Robbie Robertson, and they got along. And next thing you know, Scorsese is directing The Last Waltz. Um, so really quick, um, I am a huge fan of the band. I think the band is one of the greatest bands of all time. Um, the reason for this documentary is mainly because in 1976, Richard Manuel who's one of the one of the members was seriously injured in a boat accident. And Robbie Robertson had an idea that maybe they should not be on the road anymore. And that's kind of the genesis for this project. Not every member of the band agreed, but they still ended up making this. And I think they made, again, one of the, the finest, uh, finest concert films ever. I mean, just alone, the, the music by the band is phenomenal, but there's so many great artists in this documentary. I mean, you had artists like Muddy Waters, you had Van Morrison, you had Bob Dylan, you had Eric Clapton, you had Neil Young, you had Joni Mitchell. Um, that's just to name a few, but there's there's many more. Um, yeah, it's just the cinematography is lush. There's, uh, there's, I mean, there's so many performances in it, but there's great interviews in there as well. A lot of great anecdotes. Um, really quick, I just want to name the band before I forget. Um, the band consists of Robbie Robertson, Levon Helms, Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, and Garth Hudson. Uh, just all amazing musicians. Um, just lightning in a bottle when they came together. Um, yeah, man. I mean, this, this is such a, a, a pivotal, uh, documentary. Um, in 2019, it was actually selected for the library, the library of Congress selected it as a film that had to be preserved and was put in the U.S. National Film Registry. I mean, that, that's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah, I just, I, I love this film. I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it. I've actually, uh, Criterion Collection released it on 4K this year. I've already watched it twice this year. I think I've watched it twice in the last three months. Um, I, it's my go, one of my go-to films to watch late at night. Sometimes when I just want to chill and feel good, I love to put this on. Um, I mean, I think every performance is phenomenal. Um, great musicians. I mean, uh, yeah, I can go on and on, but um, I won't because I want to hear what you guys have to say. If I had to pick a favorite performance from this documentary, oh man, hard pressed, dude. Um, I am, I love Levon Helms. If you don't know who Levon Helms is, he's the drummer and the singer. And his performance of The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. is so 
so good in that documentary. Just the passion, the energy. Um, yeah, man, the last waltz, dudes. Uh, I, I right away I knew this was going to be my choice. Um, there was another one that came to mind, but I just I went with my gut, and uh, yeah, that's what I got to say. You like? Yeah, I like that. It's, oh. uh, what's that? Tom? I like it. There we go. No, go ahead, Dave. What oh. you got? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I like I like the Thanksgiving vibe in this too. I was like, man, I love shows during the holidays. And the fact that this is a Thanksgiving show, kind of like a cool tribute to the end of their, you know, I guess the band, which is kind of weird. Because I wouldn't expect that that would be like an end of a band that was so awesome. <laughs> and they like doing, did so many badass songs. Um, Levi, Levon Helm, he's like the, he's the one that did a, did a lot of like the vocals, right? He did quite a bit. Playing yeah. piano a lot. Um, no, he, he was a drummer. I mean, uh, he played other drummer. instruments, but on the documentary, you mainly see him as a drummer. He's the drummer, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's badass. Um, I think that we've had, I heard some choice, some previous choice tracks in this one, too. I think Taj picked a, take a look, was it Take a Load Off Fanny or what is the name that of that? The Wait? Was that, was that not in this? It's on this, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't think I had already picked that song, but maybe I did. Oh, eh, I think you did for an episode. Okay. But uh, either way, yeah, there was a uh, there was a lot of good performers in this, uh, and I think that what stood out for me was to see Joni Mitchell on stage for this uh, for this last show. I thought that was really cool, and I like I like a lot of her stuff. But this was like she was seeming like a little bit of a different style, like I think. But, you know, everybody looked great. Um, Bob Dylan's awesome, of course. But, uh, yeah, so I picked I I picked Coyote. And my second pick would have been Van Morrison singing. But, uh, yeah, I picked Joni Mitchell's Coyote. But, uh, yeah, I liked I liked that ballroom. Or was it a ballroom? Yeah, it was a ballroom. Uh-huh. Huge, like, theater, man. That was badass looking. And, uh. What a great place for acoustics, you know. And they got they got they got together some big stars for this one, man. Very cool. And if I owned it, I'd probably listen to it all the time. Probably have playing during Thanksgiving. So <laughs> I'll go and go. Wait, uh, <laughs> so funny, Tosh. Yeah, so I I get it. Don't I'm not saying I don't get it. I do get it. It just, yeah, it's, I don't know. It it wasn't, I don't know what it was. Maybe I would just offer something, but yeah, I get it. I see all the parts there. There's some parts that, that I don't, but yeah. Um, what I will say is like the amazing thing about them as a band is, you know, you have three different people that will do lead singing. Like normally you just have one. This is like, it seemed like everybody was a lead singer or had their own songs that they want to do. Um, as a documentary, yeah, it, I, I liked parts of it. I didn't, I don't know. It was weird because coming off like the, the, um, Festival Express, like, you know, that one had a pretty linear story. This one didn't quite have that, which is fine. I understand that it's kind of like a going away piece. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It felt like there were some questions that I was curious about that weren't answered, but, 
trust me, there's another documentary later on that has a lot more questions that weren't answered at all. <laughs> so, but, uh, uh, but th- this one was, uh, it was cool. Um, the, <laughs> all right. So here's what I was trying to be. All right. So of this, my choice tracks, there was two songs. So I kind of felt since it was the band, I had to pick a, a song that was by the band, but for runner up, um, I really liked the, uh, Ronnie Hawkins song. Uh, who do you love? Like he, he when he comes out, like he is just having fun. Like he knows that nobody's there to see him, but he's there to have the biggest time of his life with his old friends. And then he's off the stage, and you're like, his performance is like amazing because he's like just having the time of his life. He's like, somebody wanted me to come out here. I'm gonna come out here, rock this shit, and then just peace. <laughs> and so, um. The actual song I did pick was The Weight, which you were right. I went back to him and then looked. I did previously pick it. But this one does have – what's interesting is in the documentary and even on the album, I didn't realize there was concert recordings and then there were some uh, test recordings. So, like, they did um, stage tests. They recorded the stage test. And so, like, I think the part in the documentary, no, because you don't see a crowd when it plays The Weight. And you see the Stepford Scissors. It wasn't a, it wasn't test footage. That was shot a year later. It was shot a year later. Okay, but it wasn't at the concert, right? It was like no, it wasn't at the concert, but it wasn't test footage. Okay, okay. But, but I thought it was like screen, not like sound test footage, like before. Why the- would you do it a year after the documentary was filmed? I don't know. That's why I'm asking the question. <laughs> so okay, but yeah, but. When the, the Stepford sisters on that were, were amazing. So I'm not sure if I can still pick the weight or not, or if I have to pick a different track. So, uh, are, you, are you looking for approval or? Yeah, that's what I'm asking. <laughs> like, do I need to okay. pick Oh, it's a different, different, it's a different scenario. You like the way it was performed in this, in this documentary and, you know, okay. this, this awesome I'm, Thanksgiving I'm, show. Yeah, you can right. pick that. Okay. So, all right. Um, I'll say that. As far as documentaries go out of, out of the group of what we had here, to me, this was the most complete documentary, right? And, and not just for the fact of, you know, you have the, the, the interviews and, and, uh, the commentary by the, by the band artists and, and, and what's going on, but the actual music that's being played. You have a smorgasbord of artists that are coming through showing their love for the band and playing with them and switching songs in and out. Like, dude, you had me at Dr. John, dude. You had me at freaking Dr. John. I was like, are you serious? And it was like, okay, that that was like, to me, that was like one of my highlights just because I I heard of Dr. John growing up and 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 definitely had fun with that situation. Um, like you say, Eric Clampton, uh, Morrison came through. Like it was, you had smug, a smorgasbord of artists that came through on like a, a hell of a night. And it's one of those times that, like I said, in, in, the, in the Festival of Express for a different reason though, you would want to be a fly on the wall in that situation. Like you would want to be amongst that crowd. You would want to be in the midst of like music in its purest form and the way that it was shot 
you know, Scorsese definitely has a way of bringing drama out of a scene when even when there's like no drama there, but he kind of performs it as such, like the way he placed it, um, especially in, in some of the commentary and trying to pull out certain uh things that he wanted to be said, like even in, even in the beginning sentence, like, you know, we're, we're here for, you know, the band. It's like, well, why is the band here? <laughs> Trying to like pull this essence out of, you know, who he was talking to in order to try and like make, make a full situation out of what's going on. Like you could tell, definitely tell he, he had his mind turning on how he wanted things to go. And he presented it as such, even the opening credit scene with like, uh, you hear the music playing in the background and then you see the couple that's waltzing around from the head overhead view. Like, you know, back then you didn't see a whole lot of overhead views. You saw, you know, certain cinematography, like you saw it's straightforward or side angles, things of that nature. You know, you had to have somebody up on a ladder or, or you, did they have the lifts back then? What do you mean? Like a set list? Yeah, no, no, no. The the lifts, the actual like lifts where you can record down on somebody. Like, you mean like a crane? Yes. Oh yeah, stage, yeah. I mean, okay. So they had the stage cranes back then where you okay, well, you could do that, but even still, just just his his tone while he set the film was like on point. But just the music itself, I loved everything about the music itself. Um, what was the song? Uh, of Cripples Creek. Yeah, up on Cripple Creek. Up on Cripple Creek. That was like, that's like the way I would want to open my concert. You know what I'm saying? Like that, that's just like, it feels like jam, a jam session in a bottle. Is you just open it up and automatically get into the track. And it's like, that was beautiful amongst itself. And then you have all these other artists that are coming in and doing little tidbits of their songs and collaborations. But it was kind of hard for me to tell like what was the group song versus what was the artist song unless I actually knew the artist song they were singing it and the collabs that they were putting together. So that part kind of kind of threw me off for a curve, but it's one of those where, you know, we're just throwing a big old concert. We got our best buddies coming through. Everybody's playing a part in the situation and we're just going to have a good ass time. And that is what you want to get out of the feeling. You know, that that ultimate feeling of, yeah, we're, we're winding this down, but we're going to go out with a bang type situation. You, you couldn't get any better in a documentary than that, honestly. So that was that was a hell of a pick, man. Hell of a pick. Cool. And you introduced me to a new band, so I definitely love that, too. Yeah. All right. Well, finally, we have Diedrich. Diedrich, what was your choice? Uh, my choice was the shit show. So, uh, <laughs> in comparison to everybody else, I went a completely different route, but I went it for a different reason. So, um, everybody knows about a, a little bit of band, uh, started in 1981 by the name of Metallica. Um, Metallica is, you know, one of, I would say one of the rock gods of metal. Um, if not on top, damn sure top three. But you know, that's always debatable within the situation. But um, most commercially known as far as, you know, everything that was going on. This came out around 2013, was towards the end of 2013. And the documentary itself is called Freeze Them All. And it's it's only partially known as a documentary, mainly because of, you know, the cinematography that was used in it. Uh, but in all actuality, what this was was just a big ass concert. But here's the reason why: it was a 
it was a concert that wasn't really big, but it was done in a, in a dome setting. Um, and it was done in Art Antarctica. Um, the reason why it was done in Antarctica was because they were actually on a quest to to break a Guinness World Record. And the Guinness World Record was to have one band perform on all seven continents within one year. And that's exactly what they did. They performed on all seven continents, scheduled everything. And this one uh, was a little bit different because this was the last concert that they needed in order to complete um, that actual feat. So they got together. It was sponsored by Coca-Cola Zero. So that's how you know how shitty it was because Coca-Cola Coke Zero sucks. But it was sponsored by Coke Zero. And it was uh, their attempt to get into uh, the Guinness Book of World Records. And there's only been a handful of bands that have actually performed in Antarctica because of the weather, uh, because of the, the conditions and everything that was going on. So they had to actually put up a dome uh, that they were performing in. And what they did was it was a half and half crew type situation. It was um, 60 scientists that were actually doing studies out there about the mass uh, the mass four masses that were that were inside Antarctica itself, and then the other sixty that were there were actually uh, fans who won uh, like ticket prizes and and um, you know raffle prizes, things of that nature, in order to actually be a part of the show. So it was a small crowd of 120 people, and the band actually came out and performed uh, basically a live album set. Of 10 songs and it lasted about an hour and everybody was freezing their asses off but that's why they called it the freeze them all tour <laughs> essentially so um what you hear is all a mixture of different songs that they put in together um it was of course it was two of the original artists um from the group and and how they put everything together um you know you got Lars who's definitely one of the best rock people that I've ever come across. Uh, I actually got to meet him, uh, not a part of the band, but, you know, just a, it was an offset situation. I was actually at a buddy's house and what was it? Rockford, Connecticut. And it was this guy that was just so passing by. And so my buddy reached out and he's like, hey, Lars, say what's up? And I was like, okay. And so I happened to actually just say it and meet him. And he was like, yeah, man, I'm in a, I'm in a band. I'm like, you're in a band. He's like, yeah, I'm in a band. It's like, you got a guy named James in a band? He's like, yeah, I think you kind of heard of us. And it's like, from that point on, it was like, okay, cool. So, yes, I met Lars Yorick, uh, James Hetfield, um, Kirk Hammett was there at the time, and also uh, Robert Trujillo were, those were the bandmates that were there uh, for this 2013 performance. And so they actually did the performance, got the hell up out of there <laughs> as quick as possible, but they actually set the record and they were putting the Guinness Book of World Records to 2015 edition uh, as the band, the first, first band to travel all seven continents and play within one year. So it broke the record and that was the purpose of this particular documentary. And I know as a documentary, it sucks and fails in comparison to everything else, but it was still an awesome feat that they were able to pull out. So go ahead and give it all the shit that you want. Hit me with it. Okay. So here, here's the thing, like the documentary part that threw me off is like, okay, if you're going to do it in Antarctica, 
you can at least give me some tagline on the front that tells me how freaking cold it is there, like at the time that you're recording, you know, like give me that it's like 30 degrees minus outside the dome and like, you know, 28 degrees inside the dome. Like there's nothing like I'm trying to figure out how cold it is. And then the other thing that was throwing me off and I, cause it caused me to go down a rabbit hole. It's like, I was watching it. It's like, are they wearing headphones? And then I was like, are they wearing headphones because they're in a dome and they're that close to the amp and they're they're like, hey, rather than blow all your ears out, we're going to have you wear headphones. And it's like what I came to find out because I had to look that I looked it up. Supposedly, Antarctica has a noise ordinance like mm-hmm. they couldn't do amps at all. So the concert for the 120 people was actually broadcast directly into everybody's headphones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so. All the sound you're hearing is the mix version that they're getting, but you got 120 people in a dome rocking out with headphones on, with nothing else going on on the outside, which is crazy. Uh, but oh man, it, I I loved it. It was I think it was a good a good show. The the other crazy thing is like it's an hour and 18 minutes long. I think I just looked it up, but the, their set list was 10 songs. That means like each one of their songs is at least like 10 minutes long. So, <laughs> so it was longer than others, but it was, you know, you had to set up like you got a good like five minutes or three minutes of like set up. Not even three minutes. It was like two minutes of set up, you know, getting the drums and everything sounded right. Everybody can hear. All right, fuck it. Let's rock. Let's get right. into it. And it was like, that was the best thing ever. Oh, my favorite track from here is one. It's always going to be one. I don't care what anybody else says. That's my favorite track from them. I love the way that they performed. Gave me eight minutes of it. It was like, yes, killed. Yeah. Wait, and the, the thing that documentary-wise that they did answer was like, because they kept showing the ship off in the distance. It's like, it, you come to find out that like, yeah. They, so, because that, I want to kind of see that documentary of them on the ship, cruise ship down <laughs> to Antarctica with the other, you know, because uh, it was 120 so an- another 60 people were probably on that same ship with them so they probably mm-hmm. gave other little rock concerts or vignettes you know that- little meet and greets <laughs> exactly <laughs> like well, why, why are you drinking your hot like, cocoa and shit <laughs> right exactly I'm just saying that had to have been a, an amazing ship ride go- going down there and then back <laughs> so but yeah and uh, but yeah it that was the, the little tidbits I was missing from the documentary. But like, other than that, they're like, you're just shredding the biggest metal in the freezingest place. And they're, they're not stopping. Like they're like, <laughs> but yeah, it was, it, I appreciate it. I thought it was awesome. If there was ever a get or done moment, that was it. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Um, you see James with a little like Davy Crockett, well not Davy Crockett, but it was like furry helmet hat on and covering up his ears and make sure that he could hear and, and still like feel his fingers and shit at the same time. It's like, right. yeah, yeah, I could just tell by the way they were talking. Like, yeah, let's, let's hurry up and get this shit done. Let's get this yeah. over with. Yeah. When the the crazy thing was like the, the on some of those songs, like the fans are like five inches away from the guitar like watching him like play the bass or the guitar you're like oh my god these people are like 
how often do you get to do that? Like, I want to see you shred the metal in my eyes. <laughs> it burns. <laughs> Break the string on my nose. Exactly. <laughs> Hit me with the guitar. <laughs> So, it was that kind of love and admiration that you got out the crowd. We're like, fuck it, let's rock. But it, they're screaming because they got headphones on, <laughs> noise canceling headphones on, and nobody else can hear what the hell they're saying. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. So, but uh, yeah, it, my choice to track is, is Here Can Be Surprised is also one because I had to go back and check. I was like, it, and I almost did Andrew the Sandman, but I don't know. I had never heard one before, and I heard it on here, and you're like, oh, this shit is good. Yeah. That's what's up. David, what you got, man? <laughs> A whole lot of uh, comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I like Metallica. Wait, so you said you met Lars Ulrich? Yep. Damn. Well, that's pretty cool, dude. That was a that was an off situation. It was yeah. funny as hell, and uh, for you know okay. legal reasons, I don't want to get into how I was there or what I was doing there, but just know it was fun as fuck. Well, that's cool. Yeah, uh, I like Metallica a lot. They have a couple other other documentaries that are really good. That mm-hmm. I think are like more about like their history and where they're at and where right. they're going. But this is like straight up like a concert. So I, I, I appreciated it for what it was. Um, I just thought it was hilarious that, you know, like the, you know, the whole, the Coke Zero, Coke, Coke put it on, right? They sponsored it. Yeah. yeah. So they put, they put some money into that shit. They fucking had a cruise going. <laughs> they had like this whole platform out in the middle of like Antarctica, um, you know, off the shore there. And they're, yeah, you can see all the like you said. There's like scientists. But, but is, is, is South South Africa, South America? Because it's Coke Musica, so it was like it wasn't like the yeah Coke Musica. Yeah, right. It was, it was Coke Musica, but it was it was Coke Zero. But they had the contest winners all came from um, Chile, Spain, South America, um, and like I want to say Portugal, but. Uh, don't quote me on that part, but I know for a fact Chile and Spain were a part of yeah. the group. I didn't get that concert. I, I would have been there if uh, my wife loves entering contests. <laughs> like, oh, I'm surprised we were on that fucking shit. But yeah, I just, you know, he's going through like all the fucking badass Metallica songs. And then also I'm like, and let's take a moment and respect the penguins. <laughs> it's like, we're doing this for the penguins. Let's play this loud enough for them to hear, but obviously they can't hear it because, you know, they're all wearing headphones. And I kind of figured that they were wearing headphones because um, the bassist, like, he's playing, but then they they let us hear what it sounds like without, this, you know, like, the speakers. Mm. Um, it's just like, oh, what is this? <laughs> like, this is kind of weird. Um, I guess I could imagine if you didn't have headphones on, it would just be weird. <laughs> it would be weird as <laughs> hell. Yeah. But that... that was yeah, it makes sense. You don't want to break yeah. the fucking glacier off, and, you know. Kill yeah, the and yeah, yeah, like three hundred penguins there, and then uh, those fans all came from Argentina, Chile, Colombia, Costa Rica, and Mexico. That's what it was. Oh wow, okay. Well, that's pretty impressive. That is a cool fucking win. <laughs> I, I could imagine it was really cold, but inside that igloo that they had or that dome, it must have been heating up a little bit. Yeah, with them playing and all the people in there. 
But yeah, that's what an experience. <laughs> but it was just a big promo too, which is what I thought yeah. was kind of hilarious, you know. <laughs> but yeah, you, know, you got to give props to the people that paid for it. So, to, uh, yeah, I think right. he's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What was your favorite track on there? Oh man, I mean, I love Metallica, so I was just like, oh, this is my pick. Oh, this is my pick. No, this is my pick. But I picked um, Master of Puppets was pretty fucking badass. So. Oh, cool. Brandon, lay it on me, dude. What you got? Um, I like Metallica. I do. I am a fan. Not the biggest fan, but I do like them. Um, you know, I've seen some other, well, I've seen maybe a couple, two or three uh, documentaries with Metallica. Um, this certainly uh, is not on par with some of the other ones that I've seen, which I, I totally get. I mean, I, I understand where where they're coming from and, and what they were trying to accomplish. I mean, there are no frills to this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it is stripped down and uh, and it is just one big advertisement for sure. And that was kind of hard to get through. Um, and the other thing that was really annoying are these back and forth establishing shots that were pointless and unnecessary. Just keep your camera in the oh, dome, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. just focus on the band and the fans and don't cut out to the dome over and over again. Like, I, eh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely, I definitely feel this is the weakest one for yeah. sure. Um, it just, I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of felt sterile and cold and not cold in that it was shot in the Antarctic, you know, <laughs> but, uh, Oh, I thought you meant it was just temperature wise. No, I, I don't know. No. It, it was, I, it, like I said, it was no frills. And if you're a big fan of Metallica, I think you'll enjoy it even more so because, you know, it's like I said, like I said before, it's just kind of stripped down. It's just them performing in front of, in front of a bunch of fans. I think I probably would have enjoyed it more if I had been one of those fans and to Mm. be in that situation. I think it could have been one of the best live performances you've ever seen being that you're in that situation, but watching it on YouTube, it didn't translate as much for me. Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. It was, I don't know. I, I certainly won't return to it, you know. No, no it's understood. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't expect anybody to return to it, especially after the other three that were put in place. So, if anything, this just put me in my place on how I need to step my game up. So I apologize. I just, no, that. no, it's fine. I just I feel oh, no, like, like for sure. <laughs> I, I feel like you and I need to get together, and I feel like I need to show you some finer uh documentary concert films because i feel like i've let you down and uh i haven't i haven't really given you my expertise and uh i haven't curated the right films for you to watch and that's that's on me no, no, no. Um, it's not on you this is on me because i'm not a i'm not a rock doc type of person but just in the rock then and everything that we brought to the table here that like opened my mind up and it was like, damn, 
do I really want to switch it up? Because I, I did have that original pick of Michael Jackson, this is it type situation, right? But then I wanted to switch it up and go run with this because this was just balls to the wall rock. And that's what yeah. I loved about it. But I have to say, and I also love the the theme behind the situation, trying to get into Guinness Book of World Records, like, and this was the way to do it. Like, nobody else could really claim that shit. So I was like, okay, that's cool. But in the grand scheme of things, yeah, this one struck out in the sense of you didn't have the cinematography that you needed. You did not have the storyline that was put in play. Like every other documentary had their storyline. Okay, this one well, had the premise, but but it wasn't it wasn't executed properly. And and I, I get it, but you don't have to have a through line. You don't no, to make it a great don't. to make it a great documentary music documentary concert film. I mean, there there's been quite a few I can mention that are just straight up concert films like with no narrative no interviews that i feel like are more like are more challenging as far as like the production value but it it totally makes sense like you're in the antarctic like you're not gonna get scorsese to come there and direct it for you you know (laughs) like that's not gonna happen um, and, uh, you're not going to be able to get all those crane shots that you want. And, you know, you're in a biodome, dude. Like, <laughs> like, there's not much that you can do. And, you know, for its restrictions, it's not bad. But like I said, like, I feel like it's one of those, it's kind of like if you're a Pearl Jam fan, you know how they release CDs of every concert? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in July 11th, 1999, Pearl Jam played Under the Sea. You know, July 20th, 1999, they play it at a McDonald's. And there's, you know, there's like CDs. like, And I feel like this is that kind of like documentary. Like it's more for like diehard Metallica fans. You yeah. know what I mean? So anyway, um, again, I'm not I'm not knocking it. Like I enjoy Metallica and it was great to see them perform. Um, it's just, like I said, it just, it was lacking as far as like production value, but totally understandable why it lacks production value. And the reasoning behind why they do it, I think is, is great. It's just, you know, it's not necessarily my preferred style of, of concert films. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but then again, that may, I might be BSing everyone here. Because if it's my favorite band, you know, I might be like, did you see Okra Medicine Show play on the equator? You know, <laughs> like, so like, oh, my God, it was amazing. They couldn't do much, but it was amazing. So anyway, um, yeah. All right. I'm going to shut up now. Oh, before I shut up. Huh? Oh, Don't shut what's up. your pick? Oh, my favorite favorite pick. Yeah, it's like, welcome to New Year. Brandon's off to a banger. Um, if I had to pick my favorite performance, I-, I hate to be so like generic and bland with my answer because this is not my favorite song because it was overplayed. But just the performance and the fan reaction to Inter Sandman is what I really enjoyed. Like, not my favorite song by them, but mm-hmm. there's something to be said about how crazy the fans got in that dome. And I'm sure that place got heated at that moment, you know? And, uh, yeah, not a lot to do in that dome. So, um, but yeah, all right. That's it. That's all I got to say about that. 
<laughs> so it's it's funny because <laughs> you talked about the cinematography. What's one of the other questions is not answered, which shouldn't even be a question. But the the credit clips, so they they use the same four <laughs> like stock footages for their for their credit clips. There's that one clip of some guy out in the water chopping away at something and two other people watching him on the beach and you're like this is antarctica that's freezing what the heck is that dude doing it's like uh, killing seals out in the distance <laughs> no it's like it looks like he's chopping ice like he's trying to chop some ice probably go yeah. <laughs> yeah he's fishing yeah. <laughs> no he, he's waiting in water like he's not on top of the ice like he has weight like his legs are submerged in water <laughs> and then there's two people watching him on the beach you're like what is this dude doing he's like chip 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 you're like what the <laughs> yeah I mean, they could have they could have shot this at a taco bell parking lot it would have been as much of a promo but yeah well they would have more tacos yeah, they would have yeah. been. Yeah, yeah. I, sure. Like I said, I, I just need the information. How cold I, is it? You know, I blamed it all on Coke Zero. Just for the fact that who the fuck drinks Coke Zero in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> I was watching this and I looked down at my twelve pack of Coke Zero. I was like, "Oh, this fucking worked." <laughs> I have this weird feeling that they were this close to getting Lars in a polar bear outfit. Man. <laughs> I think they were about to have him fight a polar bear. I think that, if that, tragedy of hit, hit that dome, that would have been a really awesome documentary. Or if, but like nobody dies, but it's just like, you know, like the fucking uh, Black Ness monster comes out of the fucking water or some shit, you know? If this wasn't for them being themselves, this would have literally been like one of the ultimate sellouts <laughs> type situation. And that's why I was like, I almost got paid. Do it, yeah. yeah, I almost, I really didn't want to do it, but at the same time, like the 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 point behind it was so cool, I couldn't let that slip up. So right, yeah, I mean, they they definitely they got coke to to fit the bill, you know, which I mean, great, like have some corporation shell out the money, that's awesome, but be careful because they might ask you to change the title to whom the coke told, you know. The other thing I couldn't tell, it looked like there were some shots where there was like windows or or panels missing out of the dome. I couldn't tell like it at first. I thought like, well, that doesn't make sense unless they were trying to do it to keep the, you know, because you don't want to fog up all the windows and have all the humidity. I don't know. That's what I'm saying. There are just so many unanswered questions. Like, (laughs) you know, I just need to know how much they're freezing their ass off. So we're just going to put this in the folder of Enigma. (laughs) <laughs> and move on from there. How about that? Okay. Yeah. It was awesome. I, I liked it. Okay. So New Year <laughs> and um, like, fuck you. New Year and <laughs> first episode of the New Year. That was episode fifty three. I hope everybody enjoyed our special. Um, I do want to say really quick, um, Damon, you are yeah. no longer my nemesis on here. <laughs> Um, oh, it I is now Taj. Um, Damon, <laughs> you don't have as bad a taste as uh, as Taj. So, um, Taj and I will be butting heads this season. So, look forward to that. And well, uh, that sounds good. I can't wait. 
Yeah, yeah. Damon and I might have to team up on on Taj a few times because I might even have some picks that you might be surprised by. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna team up for sure. Um, tag team Taj is gonna fucking. Gonna we we need to put him in his place. <laughs> we need to put him in his place. I am I am disappointed in him lately, and uh... <laughs> you need the dunce hat, man. You're gonna be wearing the yeah. The Coke Zero hat for a while. <laughs> I just don't know if I can surround myself with with some bad taste in music. You know, we'll just have to come up with some better, even better uh, choices this gotcha. year. Yeah. Anyway, the season, that, yeah. The season. Not, not that sucks because this next episode is like, oh uh, my gosh. Okay, man, Dietrich, you too, man. <laughs> oh man. I should have just kept my damn mouth shut. Yeah, I, I did it. Yeah, Taz, right. you and I. No, no, I don't want to team up with you, bro. I, I was <laughs> almost contemplating creating a a, a sub podcast with Diedrich because he and I agreed on a lot of stuff. I wanted to call it Son of Choice Tracks, yeah. and uh, I might have to get Damon now. And I never thought that yeah. would happen. Damn, you know, sometimes I, sometimes I, I just lost the deal. Damn. <laughs> Son of choice tracks. Anyway. Oh, it's all, all over again. Yeah. Nah. Nah, we're good. No, it's it's, it's been fun, fun, guys. It's been fun. And uh yourself, I promise. I I have enjoyed a lot of the music that you've subjected to subjected to me one way or the other. Yeah, if you try so. to listen to other the songs as a playlist, which we did when we all got together, uh yeah, that's a pretty good fucking uh, party mix. So yeah, yeah take choices out. <laughs> What's that, DJ? Take, take Scatman and Kesha out. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh yeah. Well, well, oh wow. You know, there's a pattern here. Ribbons. You know, <laughs> the pattern. These are uh, all Taj's songs. That actually might stay. I like Alvin. I don't know. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, yeah. Well, before we sign off here, uh, next week's episode, we're going to be back to our regular format. So look forward to it. Remember uh, the homework. It was uh, album Diedrich picked. Um, really quick, just can you remind us what the album is for our audience and maybe for us who forgot? <laughs> the album is Venus by the artist Ram Riddles. Cool. Sweet. Well, I look forward to that. Uh, and uh, yeah, Taz, why don't you go ahead and do your thing? Okay. All right. Uh, you can find us at choicetracks.com, uh, ends with a Z, or email us at choicetracks at gmail.com. Um, I've handed off some uh, social media stuff to uh, Mr. White. He'll be handling that this coming year. So um, he'll be our, our, our poster child. Get Coke Zero to sponsor us too. <laughs> he no, <might. laughs> Cherry Coke. <laughs> we never okay. Coke. Cherry. Coke. No. All right. I, I guess. guess we're working our way up. Next, it'll be Vanilla Cherry Coke. I'm just saying. No, I need it when there's Pepsi, like a fucking Cherry know. Coke. That's all that's left of the menu machine is like Cherry. The Pepsi Coke. is the, cho- the what was it? The, the choice of the generation. Yeah, we we could do that. Let's let's. I'll send a letter to Pepsi. We can get that going. Okay. Well, all right. On behalf of all four of us, I'm going to go ahead and pick up that needle. 
But you oh, keep spinning oh. those choice tracks. Oh, oh, oh Taj, do you want to do you want to say your name again? Yes. Okay, let's do it for Taj. <laughs> I've been Taj. I'm Brandon. I'm still Damon. It's really boring, but yeah, I'm Damon. <laughs> and I'm the guy who picked the worst documentary. <laughs> and that's why we're gonna pick up that needle. But you keep spinning those better tracks. <laughs>